What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Backdoor Cover, the Red Hot Backdoor Cover IV Sports Gambling Podcast. As we gave you yet another winner on the PGA Tour last week, that is five out of six. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, is the gambling professor himself, the man of many names, Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy on Facebook, and known as Ivy Yeezus in the Ivy Sports Group. Alan, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Uh, we have now five out of six weeks given the winner on the PGA Tour uh, more surprisingly than getting five out of six right, as I actually gave the winner last week. Uh, we both had two brutal bre- uh, beats for top tens and top twenties. Uh, I had uh, you had Naismith, who was real close. I had Doc Redman, who was eleven to one, just a top twenty. He was one spot out. Uh, but other than that, w- we gave some pretty good picks. Well, the worst was uh, having Roy Sabatini. Uh, he was four to one to get top twenty, and he tied twenty first. And and it was crazy because I I swore up and down uh, when Sunday started that if I could just get to fourteen under, that I would at least get a top twenty. I was like, he gets to fourteen under, he should be good. And I think he was like number, he was either fifteen or thirteen or fifteen when that final group came, and then it just all went left. It, <laughs> and that that's what's so hateful about gambling in general. Uh, normally we would like the backdoor cover to be, we backdoor wins, not backdoor losses, but, uh, it happens both ways. Uh, before we do the preview of this week's event, and again, we have given the winner in five, six events, plus some top tens and top twenties. Uh, we're on a really good run right now. So if you're going to play our picks, this would probably be the time to do it because it is hard to keep this kind of pace. Uh, although I will say Alan did this when we were also doing the two off the tee podcast where he constantly seemed to give winners. So hopefully this will just become a in general. But before we officially start, I just want to remind everyone that the Ivy Sports podcast feed is available on iTunes, Spotify and Anchor. Please be sure to subscribe to be notified of all new podcasts on the IB network. We would love it if you'd rate and review the network. You can follow us on our Ivy Sports on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. The Facebook group has a premium membership that allows you to post without it being approved by an admin. You can be the commissioner for the day, levy fines, receive free gambling picks from out, and much, much more. Uh, for the third week in a row, the field for this PGA Tour event, Travelers, is stacked, especially compared to what it had in recent years. You got Rory, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Brooke Kepka, and Webb Simpson, who's now moved into the top five with his RBC Heritage win. They handle on the group. Patrick Cantley is making his return. And Adam Scott is the only top ten player staying home. So that's nine out of the top ten in the world. Uh, they have some amazing future groups this year, including Rory, Bryson, and Phil the first two days. Uh, you got DJ, Jordan Spieth, and Colin Cowie, And Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, and Justin Thomas. The course is the TPC River Highlands. It's a 6841-yard par 70 course designed by Pete Dye. Uh, it is one of the shortest courses on tour. It's the first venue since the st- uh, tour has restarted that, I, that you would think the Bombers have an advantage, especially with some of those that have had success, basically uh, Bubba Watson. But it doesn't mean shorter hitters don't have a chance. Uh, there's plenty of players who do not rely on distance that have won, including throughout the last four. 
You had Chaz Ruby winning in 2019, Bubba in 2018 and 2015, Jordan Spieth in 2017, Knox in 2016, Kevin Stroman in 2014, Ken Duke in 2013, and Mark Leishan in 2012. I liked last week the way that we went through the field and kind of discussed through the betting odds, you know, kind of in groupings, and we can talk about who we like, don't like, uh, and then if we want to give some official picks at the end of the podcast, we can. I thought it was interesting this week that there's basically three guys that are all co-favorites at most places. You can find them around 12 to 1. That's Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas. I personally don't like any of these three guys at those odds. I just, I mean, I could understand. I could see any three of them winning. But I don't know if it's worth, you know, risking it 12 to 1 when you can get guys like Bubba, who's won here three times, 3 to 1. Paul Casey's at 41, had a lot of success here. Anzer's red hot. He's 35 to 1. If you had to pick one of those three, who would you pick? Um, I would probably run with Bryson this week. Um, I like what I hear from him um, in regards to how he feels about the course. Um, his practice rounds, he was – testing out his distance and, and kind of getting a feel for um, what he thinks could be uh, more opportunity uh, this year than he's had in years past. And he's played pretty well here um, in years past. So I would take a chance with him. He's trending up. Um, I want, I want to know what Rory's, I want to know what Rory's uh, stats are for uh, Pete Dye courses doesn't seem like he's comfortable with it. And I think he actually said something last week about how um, it takes it takes him a little while to get adjusted to these courses or to the Pete Dye, or Pete Dye designs. I don't know if I read it somewhere, if I actually heard him say that um, after I think they asked him after his first his first round. I don't think his first round was that good, but he had a, a great second and third round and obviously uh, finished a lot better this this week than he did um I think he finished a lot better this week than he did uh, last week. But um, there's something about P. Dye that that it takes him a, a little while to get adjusted to. So at 12 to 1 for him, and he's not even an outright favorite. That's something to keep in mind, too. Um, typically, we see Rory at 8 to 1 and, and by himself. But uh, according to my bookie, Justin Thomas and, and Bryson DeChambeau are favored over Rory. So I like Bryson this week. Uh, the couple missed cuts by Justin and, uh, I know he played well last week, but those couple missed cuts kind of worry me a little. And then again, I, I was talking about this before this course is short, but the quotes from the players, uh, this week in, in some of the interviews are kind of indicating that even though it's short, it still has, it still has a favorable, um, bill for for guys who can who can really get some distance on the ball not necessarily with the driver honestly with any club in your hand if you can get some distance and you can strike it well then you've got a good chance and i like bryson right now yeah I, if i had to go with it and again i i wouldn't want to i would probably do bryson first he's got each trip here 46 or 47 26 ninth and eighth the last two years He's obviously had the great start where he's finished third and eighth in his first two events. Uh, Rory's only had two trips around here. He finished 17th and 12th in those two. So they also, you know, really like the course to where Thomas has actually played here six times and he has one third, two missed cuts. And then his best next best finish is 30th. So 
I know he's playing really well. He's finished in top 10 in both of the events uh, so far since they've been back. But I just, uh, again, I don't like really any of those guys. But if I had to, I agree with you. I'd take DeChambeau. So the next group, and we're going to go from 18, basically all the way through the 20s. You got John Rahm at 18 to 1. Brooks Kepka, who I saw him as high as, I think, 30 at the start of the week. He was 40 to 1 last week. He's all the way down to 20 to 1. Uh, average ranking across sites. Webb Simpson, the winner from last week's at 22 to one. Cantley's at 25 to one. DJ's at 28 to one. And Justin Rose is at 28 to one. I, I mean, do you just automatically throw somebody like Webb Simpson out the window, even though this is again a good course for him? Because more than likely he's going back to back weeks, right? Man, since I've been gambling on golf, I think I've only seen like one or two people win back-to-back weeks. It's it's so rare. Actually, one of those guys um, might have been Brendan Todd at one point. Yeah, so it's it's so it's so rare. Um, it, it, to me, it's so rare. It's not really worth the gamble, if I'm being honest. Um, and and I think I think I said that about Berger last week, and he played well. He he was in the mix for a while, but just the idea of overcoming the adversity and and playing that well two weeks in a row to win. I mean, you're you're still playing against some of the best in the world, and and I mean when Rory's clicking full steam ahead, even it's even difficult for him to win back to back. Now placing in top five and things like that is great, and if you like Webb uh, to to still have a good week, take him with a top ten or top five prop. Um, and you don't have to use as much risk involved, but um, I would I wouldn't bet him to win it this week. Um, I, I've been on Justin Rose for a while, man. Um, I I really I really like his game. It's just his his putter, man. It, it's it's streaky. That's the best way to describe it. It's streaky right now. Um, I'll probably fade him this week. I'll probably wait to to get a uh, to get some more yardage behind behind the pars uh, before I play him again. Um, Bubba Watson obviously has to be on everybody's DFS and has to be on everybody's list to to at least give a shot uh, to win it. Um, it's a very personal course for him. Uh, I think he had his first win here. I think he was saying um, or one of his first wins. Uh, his dad really liked this course. And, um, I want to say it's one of the last tournaments his dad got to see him win. And this is all some of the quotes, some of the quotes that he's been saying, um, from what I understand of Bubba, he's very, he's a very big family man, uh, very personal, um, loves, loves his family. Um, and the idea of playing here and with his dad and my, or his late father and mine, could be the emotional boost that he needs. And he hasn't played that bad the last two um, the last two weeks. I think he had a couple hiccups last week, but um, the week before that he was, he was almost in the mix. Um, I thought he bounced back pretty good in that, that last round on Sunday. Uh, so I expect him to come out pretty focused and, and really competing to win. And with everything I've heard, like I said, with everything I've heard from people talking about how the course doesn't necessarily punish big hitters and with his course history he's he's got to be one of the people that yeah, we Bubba's target. played great all year I mean really if you look at it he had a win before we went into the break and to you know back up what Alan was saying he's got three wins here 
He has uh, finished in the top six, six out of the last ten times he's played here. And one thing you know about Bubba is he either likes a course or he doesn't, and he either usually does really well on courses or he doesn't play them well. This, like Augusta, is somewhere that pretty much every year, especially when you're getting those odds uh, with his past success, I'm always going to take a flyer on him. Uh, Kepka at 20 to one is just outside of probably he's a little too low for me to take him this week. I just, you know, he's in the right direction. I just still don't know if he really cares about winning non-majors. I mean, these are his words, not mine. Uh, the two guys in that 20 group that really interest me are DJ at 28 to one. Who's been hitting it really good, putting terribly. I think he lost like almost four shots to the field each round last week. They are moving back to Poana Green. So at 28 to 1, that's a pretty good value for DJ on a course that he can bomb it. And if he just puts, you know, decent, he's probably going to be in the mix. And then Patrick Cantley at 25 to 1 is also interesting to me. He's had some success here. Uh, he's played it twice or three times, excuse me. The last two trips, he's finished 15th both uh, times. He was really good uh before the break and all last year and this is a golf course that puts a premium on the 100 to 150 yard shots he's one of the best guys on tour uh who do you like out of those three so brooks is brooks has been talking like he's going to take it serious um i think the idea of him being left off of the uh the um fedex cup standings um or the fedex cup playoffs i think that's kind of rubbing him a little so um, he's had some interesting quotes about how, uh, which I don't know. He's sometimes it, it's it's hard to be a fan of Brooks because he, he's very reluctant to admit when he's when he's wrong or when he's having a bad like game. It, it's I guess I what I'm trying to say is it's always an excuse per se. Um, like last last week uh, or the quote I was looking at today, he was talking about how. He doesn't like courses where guys are high scoring, where where there's shootouts, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what kind of, like, how's that, how's that possible? You were you were eighteen he under last PGA week. What are you talking under about? Two years and, ago. Yeah, and so and so the the guy who was interviewing him called him out on it. He was like, well, um, I mean, you were eighteen under last week. He's like, yeah, but you know. It's just one of those courses where you, you birdie two out of three holes and it feels like you lost a shot. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it wasn't, I mean, yeah, they were scoring, but if you birdie two out of three, it wasn't like people were out here getting hole in ones and, 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 uh, Eagles. It wasn't, it wasn't that high scoring. But either way, um, I, I think he's, he's up for the task. I'm not up for taking him at 16 to one right now. It's one of those things where honestly, if you if you don't play him and you miss out and he actually wins, it's not really that big of a deal. You'll you'll get eleven to one, twelve to one in a, in a major uh, with Brooks anyway. It's just not worth the risk. I, I do like him for uh, props. Um, he's talk he has talked about how in his mind his, all elements of his game are returning, um, and he's he said he's got his. Uh, his control on the ball more like the spin on the ball and, and his placement. Um, he's, he's got that back. Um, he likes the challenge that this course brings and, and um, he's, he's talking like he's going to attack it. So it makes me confident in him. Uh, it makes me confident that he's going to try, but I'm not going to play him at this spot. Um, and then, cause Cam I was rambling. DJ? Yeah. So I was going to get to this point. 
Dustin Johnson? No, really? No. When I hear when I hear Dustin Johnson, I hear Jordan. Oh, Spieth. come on! Like, now, the same person bad. right now. Come on, you dude, can't. That you is can't not bad. from a gambling so aspect. From gambling aspect, though, not, dude. not, but not from not from like obviously you know. I don't want people to hear the podcast, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I'm talking about gambling. I'm not talking about sheer golf. I would take Justin Dustin Johnson on the golf course over Jordan Spieth, depending on the time and day. But from a gambling aspect, neither one of them dudes are going to win, man. I just, I just, I know it's Poana, and and I just can't though. I just can't because you're telling me a guy who who's struggling with finding his putter. That's who I'm supposed to put my money behind. We can't do that, man. We'll never win like that. Adam Scott was a fluke. Adam Scott was a fluke. We got lucky once. We can't. We can't do feeling, it again. Man. Man. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's if you got a feeling, you can definitely play it, and and I will give you all the credit if he if he somehow finds a way. I will be super shocked. I will be no, super fair. shocked. I'll put it that way. At at twenty two to one, he should be like forty or fifty. Yeah, all right. okay. I'm looking at my I bookie. Know, they got him at 22. For 28 to one. I'm saying, like, I try to. It, this okay. is a place that gives you, you know, basically the average odds. So, uh, yeah, no, that's fair. But I was just saying, I need, I need him, I need him down here in the 40s. Where or, he was last week, mid 30. Yeah, I would. Now, where he was last week, yeah, sure. This, like, nah, I don't know, man. Uh, like, like last <sighs> I don't know. week. Tell me if I'm wrong. And just between me and you, Dustin's not one of my official picks this week. Uh, but yeah, I do like for him. Sure. I really do. I, I'd understand if you can get him for yeah. 28 to 1 taking a shot. I really like these guys in the 30 to 40 range. Um, you got well, – actually, before we get into the rest of these guys, your boy Xander. Are we starting to have to worry a <laughs> little bit about some scar tissue from so many close calls to where – you know, if he's going to get up into these 30 to 1 odds, should we start looking to maybe play him as a top 10, even a top 5, and just not pick him to win? Or do you still have faith in him that he's going to burst through here? Because he has had some heartache in the last 6 to 12 months. He's had some heartache. <laughs> I have some heartache. I bet this dude every tournament. So I'm right there with the Brian. Um, it's, it's, it's okay if if people don't want to ride it to the wheels fall off, I've been I've been a Xander fan literally since he first picked up clubs and turned pro. Again, I, I always brag about it. It's my favorite win of all time. I had him at 101 to win, and he won. So when a guy wins at 100 to 1 odds for you, you have to play him every single time. Like, you're committed. Um, so if you want to kind of – kind of dumb it down playing for a prop that's fine that's fine i mean he he really struggled last week um i want to i would hope that his struggles were because he was just trying to work on something um because i've never seen him really play that bad um but it it's it is concerning it is concerning that he can't seem to finish uh he's he's giving me shades of ricky and and I hate Ricky Fowler, and it's hurting my heart for me to say that about my guy. But I mean, Ricky, Ricky did the same thing, man, for a while. He would he would do okay, and you'd be like, okay, this is his week to win, and then he just find it's, a way to. It's lose so it. hard to win on the <laughs> so, PGA Tour, and these guys make so much money by doing what he's doing that, and I, and he actually is known as one of the guys that worked as hard as anybody on tour. But I'm just saying, even subconsciously, it's like, okay, I'm going to make 25 million this year. 
I think you really have to be a, you know, true, uh, you know, maniac competitor to not kind of get sucked into this is a pretty good life. You know, I'm playing four rounds of golf. I'm making four or five hundred grand for top ten in it. And, and you know, then it's when that – it was just like this last week. That tournament was an absolute shootout until we got down to that back nine. And outside of Webb Simpson, everybody else either kind of stalled or went backwards – and I just think that's what happens with pressure. And right now he's feeling it, but I think he can work it out of it. Now, these next guys, you could convince me to take any of them. I mean, any of them. You got answer at 33 to 1. We know how well he's been playing. We talked about Bubba Watson, his great play. He's 33 to 1. We talk about how much we love Sun J.M. He's 35 to 1. I mean, how can you not love Sun J.M. right now? Joaquin Neiman, I really wanted to get this while I was at 40 to 1. He's all the way down to 35 to 1. He's had some success here. He's really good from that distance, 100 to 150. Morikawi is 35 to 1. And then both Paul Casey and Patrick Reed, I could both see doing really well as well at 40 to 1. Uh, I mean, are you okay with any of those, or is there any of them that really stick out one way or the other? Yeah, I would I would be I would be shocked if at least two of those names are not in the mix come Sunday, um, Patrick Reed already, already has a win on Poana greens. Um, and we, we, we had that win uh, this year. So that's something to keep in mind um, because not every Poana greens isn't for everybody. And and I think we had talked about that uh, like what months ago uh, when we got our first Poana green uh, course. So just keep that in mind guys who already won on those type types of greens um, should be considered. But the biggest thing about um, Answer Reed, Morikawa, Casey, they're all, and, and Sunjay, they're all known for being really good ball strikers. And that's going to be huge uh, on this course. Literally every quote I've seen from, from uh, the players this week has talked about wedges and ball striking in some roundabout way. Like they don't necessarily come out and say it, but that's what they're hinting to. That is going to be the name of the game. And um, Casey's got pretty decent course history here. He likes it. He's got um, more cow is due, he's man. He's got like, four top fives in his last five appearances. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's he's definitely and and the thing of the one thing that worries me about Back Casey though, top that five. We, we should give <laughs> yeah. Well, we should give this to the to the to the viewer uh, or the listeners. Um, his caddy is not with him. Um, I, his caddy's from England, and and um, he couldn't make it because he had to quarantine for two weeks. And Casey said he was only going to play this just this one week, so the caddy didn't feel like it was enough to basically be quarantined for a month for one week of work. Um, so he's got a he's got a caddy from Cali, um, who's who's been on the tour with a couple guys before, but he doesn't have his main guy. So that might be something to consider. Um, going forward, but uh, Reed, Morikawa, um, Watson, Answer, Sungjae, I really don't think you can go wrong with picking at least two of them to to be in the mix come yeah, Sunday. I, I love that group. Uh, you know, I was going to say about Casey, but you brought it up. I mean, he's he's finished fifth, second, fifth, seventeenth, second his last five. Answer finished eighth here last year. We know he's finished fourteenth and second in his first two events. He's looked great. Uh, and, and then also, uh, you know, um, who is the other one I wanted to look at here? Patrick Reed actually has a top five here and Joaquin Neiman has only played in one event here. He finished fifth. He finished fifth last week. Uh, we've seen him go through stretches like this. Um, 
outside of honestly those guys, there's a couple of names I want to talk about outside of that, you know, outside of that 50 to one. But honestly, if you're going to get into this range, I, I think at this point with how strong this field is, unless you feel really good about somebody on this venue, don't you think it makes more sense to try to do like a top 10 or top five play? Yeah. Uh, props. Uh, props should always be used for people that you're not sure that can win, but you're sure they're going to play well. Because there is a there's a distinct difference between winning a golf tournament and playing well enough to to like win like or, or what I'm trying to say there's a distinct difference between top five top ten and actually winning it's just it's hard to explain I mean guys who play the game probably can see it and kind of know what I'm trying to say but with the way Xander's playing I love Xander he's a top ten golfer on pretty much any given Sunday, but he is not a guy that's going to win it on any given Sunday. He's just not, he just can't get over the hump. He can't finish. And um, you can get that from like Tony Finau, uh, Gary Woodland, Sergio Garcia, uh, Joaquin Neiman's actually been doing pretty well. Uh, Victor Hovland, like these guys are playing well enough that even if you not, you're not a hundred percent sure they can win. You got to put them in some props. I agree. So some of the guys that I just want to go over real quick and, and kind of think or see what you think about these odds. I like Victor Hovland at 55 to one. Uh, he's been playing pretty well. He's one of the best on tour proximity to the hole, particularly on 150 to 100 yard shots, which, again, that's going to be a, a premium here. Uh, he's putted on Poana a good bit playing at Oklahoma State. They, they, you know, play a lot on the West Coast, obviously. Uh, do you like Victor Hovland there? Yeah, I, I like Hovland. Um, Hovland, Wolf, and Morikawa are always near and dear to me. And um, I, I've enjoyed watching them play. I look forward to them taking the next step to being like, you know, the big three um, of the tour. I think a lot of people have that kind of um, hope for them. And it seems like Morikawa has broken through where he's consistently com- competing with some of the top guys. And I feel like Hovland is on his way. Um, so at 60 to one, I mean, even, like I said, it's, it's not maybe not a course that I think he can, he, he'll win at, but he, he's got the game to compete. And, and I mean, he's, he's already shown that he can't get a good streak and he can score, uh, which is something that needs to be said too, because, this course um, has a lot of uh, tendencies to, to make people just go for par because they don't want to lose shots rather than um, being able to, to actually get the birdies. And Hovland's shown that he's the type of guy, especially with his approach shots, man, he's he's really precise. And um, I, I think he's, he's on his way. It's worth the shot. And like I said, if not, he'll definitely go in my top 20. I'm actually going to look to see what his odds are for top 20 right now. It should be at least two to one. And, and I would definitely so take the that. last guy I want to talk about winning wise. And then we'll, we'll kind of go over our, some of our plays or uh, picks the uh, Jason day at 90 to one. Poana greens are usually a course that putting can separate. We know how good of a putter he can be. I know he's been struggling. I know he's not been, you know, he Struggle has, but man, ninety to one does not feel right with this, with this you know slate of players. Even with a strong field, I just don't think 
he should be in the same range as Corey Connors and, you know, behind Scott Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. And I mean, honestly, even Gary Woodland on this course, he doesn't have a great track record here. Billy Horschel's at the same rate, Ryan Palmer, Ian Poulter, Louis Ooston Hazen. I just feel like those are pretty decent odds for that level of a player. Um, no, I agree. It's just, like guys like Jason Day, I think from from a gambling he has, aspect, uh, three top twenties in his last four starts. He finished eighth last year, twelfth in two thousand eighteenth here. So at a, he's basically at a hundred to one. I mean, I'm I'm willing to put like five right. or ten dollars on that. I'm not I'm not gonna act like I'm not gonna act like we're talking <laughs> about him being uh, the same price as, as uh, uh, Dustin Johnson right now. But at some point. At some point, as a gambler, you have to let go of some things um, with with certain people. And um, Jason Day had he had his his moments on the tour and stuff like that. But it is just getting to that point. I mean, where we might have to really consider just just not even bothering. And I mean, I would have never thought I would see Jason Day at a hundred to one unless he's he's playing with a bad back or something like that. Like it, it's pretty bad. I mean. Shoot, Jason Kokrak was was a top ten placer uh, two weeks ago, and he's at a hundred to one. So I, I don't really know what the what the reasoning is behind it. But either way, with his history on Poana Greens, um, and again another guy who who is kind of streaky at times right now, it's worth the shot. But I'm gonna raise you with uh, Ches, the defending uh, champ. Is it Reby or Reby? Yeah, he's at a hundred and twenty five to one right now. I'm not asking him to win because I mean that would be I mean that would be fantastic, uh, and, it, and it's actually not unheard of for guys to uh, win a tournament way more uh, the likely second than year around back like, to back weeks. Yeah, way more likely than winning back to back. Yes, but if he's at 125 to one to win it, I'm looking at his. Um, I'm looking for his top 20. And, and um, again, you're going to get some value on that, man. And the guy has – he just won it. He just won it last year. Like, he's he's at 5-1. to one. That 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 right there is a red flag to me. So, let's get in – you, are you ready to give some picks? Do you, or do you just want to um, – Yeah, I mean, I can give some of my, like, some of my, like, far-out picks that yeah, I'm looking at. go ahead, at. and then I'm going to get mine. Um, Max Homa, top 20. At five to one, um, he's kind of on my radar. Uh, the Chaz thing at five to one is kind of on my radar as well. Um, again, if 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 I could give you a pick that I'm I'm 100 confident that I'm going to have on my list is Bubba Watson. Uh, for all the reasons that I gave earlier, I, I just don't think you can fade him at 28 to one. You have to put him on there. And then um, let's see a top 10 pick. Looking for a top 10 pick. Um, honestly, I'm going to go back with Patrick Reed at 3-1 uh, to because because he's played well on playing the greens before. I don't, I don't really think that's a, a terrible um, a terrible play. I don't think uh, Bubba Watson at 3-1 to one for top 10 is a terrible play either. And then if we're talking top five, I'd already checked on Bryson DeChambeau at 3-1. to one. Um, I would consider that. And then um, if you want to get real real um, risky, try Paul Casey 
at seven and one, but just keep in mind he doesn't have his uh, caddy. Um. Uh, well, let's go over my picks, and and you tell me if there's any that you know don't make sense. I've been trying to uh, learn as much as I can from you in the last year, and I am getting better each week. So I've got uh, six guys that I'm picking to win this week. They're all except for Jason Day at ninety to one in that thirty to fifty five range. I got Bubba at thirty three to one. Talked about his track record there. Paul Casey at 40 to 1. Again, really good track record there. The caddy does worry me a little bit, but Casey just is another one of those guys that if he plays the venue well, he normally plays it really well. Uh, I have answer at 35 to 1. That is strictly off of, you know, obviously he had a top 10 last year at this venue, but he's also playing really well. Uh, Neiman at 40 to 1. Again, it, it seems like a course that he might break through on. Hovland at 55 to 1 and Day at 90 to 1. That's the six picks I like to win. Any of those stand out to you? I know you're not crazy about the day. Is there any other of those picks that concern you? I mean, if if Day's your long shot, it's, it's, I'm not going to trash it, but so much. I mean, you're not putting more than $10 on that anyway. So, I mean, the odds speak for themselves. But no, I think that's pretty solid. I, I like the idea of taking some of these mid tier guys to win it. I, I don't, I don't think. There's any of the the top ten guys that we're used to seeing. Uh, I don't think any of them are going to. And win if they do, it's week. not again like you're getting a huge return on investment. Yeah. So for the top tens, I did yeah. two of them, and these are mostly off of having played the course well in the past. Brian Harmon is at fifteen to two for a top ten. He's finished eighth, sixth, and third in three of his last five starts here. So that's three top tens out of his last five. Keegan Bradley is the other one. I couldn't believe he's odd. He is 12 to 1 to top 10. He finished second and eighth two out of the last three years. Has a really good track record at this course. And Keegan, again, is another guy that there, there seems to be these venues that if you if you look at his history, he either plays well at a venue or not. Uh, I like both of those. Uh, what do you think of them? Yeah, Keegan, yeah, Keegan's definitely uh all or nothing. Um, in the courses where I've overlooked him, he's either won the first round or been the first round leader or, or shot really, really well. And it's always frustrating me. Um, but I don't I don't mind that at all. If you're basing it off of course history, um, it's supposed to rain or it's got a 40 percent of rain every I think every day. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the rain slows yes. the greens down. Right. All right, so the greens are already like slow by default up there, but if we're talking about rain, they they might be at, at a snail pace. So if people who are into like you know the advanced stats and stuff like that, um, try to find guys that are really good at not only pulling the greens but really good at, at strokes gained on uh, slow greens. Um, because again, we we already talked about how Poana greens putting is is definitely a premium. So if you got guys, and I know Xander typically does well on slow greens, um, just off the top of my head. I literally know every Xander stroke gain stat. So, yes, he's good on slow greens. But um, just other guys that typically are, are pretty solid on slow greens, Patrick Reed is one of them as well. But if you're looking to target some of these props, those are the type of things that you might want to look into because you can find guys uh, who can add value to your DFS or to your props based off of little nuances in their game that, that fits this And it this also court. just needs to be said that if it is wet, that's going to even make the proximity of the hole 
more important because guys that typically hit it close are going to hit it closer when the greens are soft and receptive. Uh, and if these guys are hitting for yeah. 150 yards, you want to really look at the guys that are good from there. So I got four top 20 plays, and these are all my picks, uh, unless I add any, and I'll put that in the group if I do. Uh, I have uh, Brandon still at 8-1 to one to top 20. He has had top 25 in seven of his last nine starts here. He's been top 20 in five of nine. I, I do this every week where if I see a guy with that truck record, if I'm getting anywhere from 8 to 12 to 1 odds on it, I'm going to take a shot at it. Uh, Ryan Moore at 11 to 2 to top 20. He has had four top 20s in his last five starts here. The other one was a miscut. He's had a 15th, though, last year, a 17th in 2017, and a 5th and 7th in 2015 and 2014. Uh, Kevin Tway is twelve to one to top Dang, twelve. You brought me. Six I was about to say him. The bomber fits the narrative <laughs> well. Uh, and then the last one that I really like is Kevin Strillman. It's seventeen to two to top twenty. He has a win here. His last three starts, he's gone fifteenth, thirty third, and eighth. So you know that's three top twenties, including a win in his last seven starts here. Uh, and again, those are pretty good odds. I mean, you're basically getting a little better than eight to one. Uh, so obviously I know you like the Kevin Tway. Is there any of the other three that you really like as well? Uh, now the Kevin Tway was, was, uh, was one I was going to give out. Um, like, cause I, cause I saw his name, I was looking at his odds all together and then I, it's like, 250 to one. So I was like, Oh, he's gotta be something crazy for top 20. He, he finished sixth Six last year. And I remember. Yeah. And I remember last year specifically because it's the only time I've ever actually won anything in DFS. <laughs> and uh, he was in my lineup and it's, and I, I picked him, I picked him because I didn't, I didn't have any money and And, uh, and I was like, well, <laughs> I guess this guy will do. He hasn't missed any, he hasn't missed many cuts is basically what I based it on. So that was my introduction to Kevin Tway uh, last year at this tournament. And I was like, okay, so I might need to start paying attention to this guy on, on certain courses. So um, he's, he's one of the guys who's been talking about how much he likes the course as well. So uh, definitely give him a, a solid look at a top 20. And he is, sure. uh, you know, his, his dad was also on the PGA tour for forever. Uh, and typically when you have guys that make it and you're obviously no different than Steph Curry with his dad in the NBA, you're just more of a professional. Uh, and he really has, as you were saying, he's somebody who makes a lot of cuts. That's what his dad does. And I think part of that's just, you know, you learn from a young age what you have to do to survive on the PGA Tour when you're not a superstar. And he does that because he does get his card, it seems like, every year. Uh, is there any other guys you want to talk about before we get out of here? My God, Chase Kopeka is back. Who the hell is Chase Kopeka? <laughs> it's Brooks' is it really? brother. I did not yeah. know that. Brooks' the brother. So look, it, the funniest thing ever was when Chase Chase's introduction intro, I can't talk today. Chase's first tournament uh, was I want to say Brooks' first tournament back, and Brooks missed the cut, and Chase finished top twenty. So I always find that hilarious when I see him on there. Um, I, I mean, he's at 16-1 to uh, finish top 20. He's actually got a different game than his brother, and he's he's actually more precise he's when it comes to, to uh, placement. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm I not. Know, definitely not. I'm saying about the top 20 odds. That's... Yeah. 
at, at 16 to 1 for a top 20, I'm gonna look at his stats, man. I'm I'm for real. I'm I'm willing to take some shots this week on some long shot top 20s, man. But I'm gonna I'm gonna um take a look at his stats because I feel like he's gonna do okay on a shorter course and, and with uh approach shots and proximity uh being uh at a premium. But now other than that, man, no, there's nobody that, that you haven't mentioned um that I, I'm looking at. I know some of the guys what about in, in Doc the Redman uh, again? golf He's group. at 200 to one. I know he can't putt, but boy, he's a ball striker. I can't rock with people who can't That's putt. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, it's not even if you can't putt, you just, you just got to at least be like break even. <laughs> he was, I think he lost three no. shots. You know, I said DJ lost four. He lost See, three. Yeah. Sergio lost seven. Which was another guy that I actually thought about, but I just I can't trust Sergio anymore either. Yeah, you just can't, man. I, I if you're losing more than a stroke on on putts, man, I I just can't with you. So, um, yeah, there wasn't anybody um, off the top of my head. I think it's funny that Carlos Ortiz isn't getting any love. One of the biggest um, but, uh, hits I've had since we've you know been doing this was that uh, he was like yeah. twelve or thirteen to one or uh, yeah it was twelve to one uh, the top ten the uh, I think the week you picked him maybe or no it was the week you picked Reed yeah um one other guy to consider for a top twenty and and it kind of goes against my bad putting narrative is uh Harold Varner um he's really good with wedges I mean. It, it just goes without saying it's a course that that uh, you don't necessarily get penalized for your distance, and it's a shorter course. And worst-case scenario, he finds a way to put himself in a position to, to at least break even on, on courses like this. So um, I'm willing to give him a look at 6-1 to one to make top 20. He's been playing some pretty good uh, golf, um, and, and by playing good golf, I mean placement golf. So he's been placing top 10, top 20, things like that. So it's, it's worth looking uh, at. And just before we get out of here, Cameron Champ is not in the field. Unfortunately, he tested positive yeah. for coronavirus. He was actually somebody I was looking at playing uh, with some of his odds, but I want to make sure everybody is aware of that, that he was a late scratch. I loved how they said he has decided to withdraw. I'm sure he had no say-so <laughs> in that decision and was told you are <laughs> withdrawing, but uh, thus is the world that we live in. Um did you you did an NBA podcast, right? Because I meant to tell you, I actually saw it in the queue uh, for the website, so it did record. Do you do? You, yeah, do you oh, wanna, it did record. Uh, plug that before we get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So um, as the sports start to open up more, we will talk about more gambling options. As this is a gambling show, um, but golf is like the main thing right now. Uh, NBA is coming back. Uh, Major League Baseball finally decided to come back. Uh, so we'll eventually add those in. Uh, the NBA players don't report until like July 7th, 8th, and 9th. So when that does happen, um, I'll, I'll try my best to cap it as best as I can for you. But again, the wild, wild these are – Who knows yeah, what's going to happen? These are some strange times. Uh, I think the only thing that we could probably cap uh, outright without any real concern is football because this is typically the season that they're off anyway. So they don't really have any of the delays, but I mean, you talk about guys in the NBA, they haven't shot a ball or play competitive basketball since March. Golf. Did y'all talk about the Lakers really uh, potentially practicing at this mansion where a guy has a replica court? Y'all did talk yes. about that? Yeah. 
I can't wait. We, to we talked about the rep report, um, and and more so me laughing at the idea that somebody has a, no, a that, replica that is a staple center. Like, I, I mean, I understand it's probably like possible. Same size, everything. Where do you yeah. hide that at? You How is that a secret? Of, well, I mean, <laughs> they say that every like NBA player that basically knows people, runs in circles, has practiced, worked out, et cetera, in that gym at one point or another. This was this was a on Bill Simmons' state. podcast. You know, Bill's pretty well connected, and he lives out in LA now. Yeah, so, I mean, he said he, he said it's a hundred percent like it is. He said that there's a ton of rumors in L.A. that they're doing it, but, you know, nobody can actually confirm it. Just a lot of people are saying it is happening. So, Well, well we, we theorized that when people were photographing LeBron and A.D. on the bikes, that's probably that where sense. they were headed. Um, we also coined a new term, quarantine hardened. <laughs> quarantine hardened. Uh, we've got playoff hardened, but we're about to experience quarantine hardened. Um and then we, you know, on the podcast, we broke down the, the, the rules, some of the rules that the NBA players will have and, and some of the concerns that were addressed and things like that. And, um, again, just everybody has to be patient with this whole corona thing. Um, we, we have to take keep in mind athletes are humans, too. LSU, They've got, right? I think we just said you were tested yeah, positive. Yeah. So There's 30 at LSU, 30 at Clemson. Uh, I think a, a host of kids at Alabama. So these are all people that are going through the same things. They've got better resources than we do uh, in regards of healthcare and things like that, but they're still humans. So it's okay for them to have fears about the virus and, and what it could do if they bring it back to their families and things like that. So don't go all in on anything right now. Take your time, place your bets, keep in mind things are going to happen, but be patient with the process. Okay. And if you're, you know, if you're looking for something that, you know, without a doubt, it's not going to cancel, or go to golf, horse or racing. Or golf right now. I think <laughs> golf is good, too, as long yeah. as they don't try to bring crowds back. Yeah, I don't think – yeah, I think golf is uh, – they've got a good thing going. Um, and and I think they they gave out, like, a charter flight or something like that. They yep. were doing charter flights for people. Yeah, so they've got a good plan of action. Um, and I – if you listen to the podcast, I want to apologize because I didn't give the PGA any credit, but uh, PGA and NBA seem to have the best plans of return for sports action that I've seen. NFLs is trash. MLB is a little shaky too. So um, I was very disappointed in them, but NBA and PGA have done a great job. Uh, and the other thing I want to plug before we get out of here is the team turnbuckle wrestling podcast with myself and Ron L. Tinsley. I'm still chugging along doing two episodes a week. As the backdoor cover gets going, we'll see. It might turn back into a one longer episode, but we've been doing basically two 45-minute episodes. One is on Raw and SmackDown. The other is on AEW and NXT, so check that out. Be sure, again, to subscribe to the IB Sports Podcast feed, available on iTunes, Anchor, uh, Spotify, etc. And hopefully, this will be, what, this is crazy to say, uh, six out of seven weeks that we have given the winner of a PGA event. Uh, Alan will, of course, post his picks. Uh, he usually does that Wednesday night. He usually does it in both the Ivy Sports Group and the Club Junkies discussion. Uh, and uh, I will obviously have already given you my picks. If I add any more, I will include them. But uh, for Keith and Alan from the Backdoor Gambling Podcast, we will see you guys soon. See you, Alan. Okay. We're out.